Well, I'm Stephen Curry, and it's my honor to share from God's Word this morning. And um, if you hear my voice is a little not what it usually is, just spent the weekend with 20 students from UT Dallas out in East Texas for a BSM regional retreat, and we had just such a good time. And there were some late-night games, and there was lots of screaming and hollering, and yeah, I got it caught up in that. I don't know that I saved much of my voice, but um, if you hear anything good this morning, just know that it's not me, it's the Lord. <laughs> but I'm reminded of what my, my missions pastor would always say, is God can give straight licks with crooked sticks. So I have the honor of being your crooked stick this morning. And, and I'm, I'm excited to share with you about uh, just understanding the blessing of Jesus. And, and I, I love this passage of Scripture looking at the Beatitudes because really Jesus is laying the framework, the core of what his teaching is to his disciples. But he's also doing something really amazing here too, is he's reframing previous revelation that he has given uh, through previous prophets. So we see a reframing of the blessing of Abraham. You know, what was the blessing God gave to Abraham? He told Abraham, it's like, go from this place to a place that I'll show you, and wherever you go, I will bless you, and those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse, and through you, all nations of the world will be blessed. And here's Jesus, the fulfillment of that blessing, reframing what God entrusted to Abraham, this, this promise of blessing, that God's heart is good towards his people, and he invites us to walk with him and to know him. But you know something, too? One of the most powerful ways we come to know God is through challenge and through hardship, and Jesus knew that. And so as we look at these, what we call Beatitudes, and Beatitudes is just, are just blessings uh, that as we look at this, we, we even kind of see a progression that will unfold, that Jesus starts with where people are in their beginning of encountering God, and he leads us up to a place of where there's maturing, even to a place of enduring tremendous hardship for his name, persecution, because of his name and for righteousness' sake. So let's look at God's word here together. We'll, let's do that together. Thinking about this just reframing, and so he's He's just beginning his ministry, and already he has a following. People are wanting to know what the excitement is about this man named Jesus. And so he goes up on a mountain. So now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down, and his disciples came to him. And he began to teach them, and he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek or the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you 
and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Father, we thank you for this word, these ancient words that came from our Lord Jesus. We thank you that your heart for us is good and that it is your desire to bless all people. Lord, help us this morning to learn from your word, to gain new insight, and to see a path forward towards obedience and being a blessing to our community, to our families, to our coworkers, to the nations that are here in our city. And pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So you see a progression here. He starts with blessed are the poor in spirit. And we all have to come to Jesus broken, realizing who we are. We're poor. We have nothing. And yet, because of him, we, we have the riches of God. And God using these hardships, challenges to grow us towards maturity, and I would say to you, too, that what Jesus is unfolding here in these Beatitudes are really counterintuitive. Blessed when you're poor? Doesn't our culture tell us blessed when we're rich? And, you know, we even see false teaching in the church. God demonstrates his blessing on you through prosperity, through wealth. If you're, you don't have all the things you want, all you, you desire, all the things you pray for, then something's wrong with your faith, something within you is broken. And I will tell you right now, from the words of our Lord Jesus, this is false gospel. It is not good news. Good news is despite where we're at, despite our poverty, despite our brokenness, he opens the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is yours. Can you say that with me? The kingdom of heaven is yours. How about turning that around saying the kingdom of heaven is mine? The kingdom of heaven is mine. That's good news. Can you share that? I could share that. It's counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense to the world. But these are kingdom principles, or what I would say, kingdom upside-down principles. You know, Isaiah, um, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah, says, For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Jesus told us the first will be last, and the last will be first. He also tells us the greatest among you will be the servant or the slave of all. That's upside down from what our world teaches. And yet that, as followers of Jesus, as he calls us up to the mountainside to hear him teach, that's what he invites us to. Now, we could look at this word blessed, and, you know, it's a word that's really fallen out of use in the English language. You usually either hear it in church, so it's a church word, or you may hear it like, oh, you know, um, we, we use it casually, but not with the richness and the depth. And one of the things I loved about um, Azerbaijan is, you know, you could be on the street and people are prolific with blessing. I remember when Penny broke her arm, how many people come up to you? It's like, Allah Shafa Versin, may God give you healing. You know, it's like people were very generous with blessing and knowing that blessing comes from God, which is ironic for, for people who's whose hearts and minds often are so far from God, and yet they know blessing comes from God. 
And so where are we at with being generous with God's blessings? But looking at this word blessed, what does it mean? Blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? Think about that. We don't use it much. It just doesn't bear the weight in our language that it once did. Now, some modern translations, anybody, when you were reading in your scripture, did you read happy? Happy of the poor in spirit? Some translators tried that. And you know what? It does construe a sense of happiness, and yet happiness is kind of a shallow thing. It doesn't, that translation doesn't really get to the depth of what blessed means. And, and even the Greek, I, I think, doesn't really f- bear the full weight of what being blessed meant in the Hebrew mind. Because you have this Greek word, this Greek concept of makaris. So it could translate happy, and in, in, in five instances in the New Testament, in the NIV, they do translate it happy. But usually they'll just use the old English, the blessed, and it's really inadequate. Maybe a different way of looking at this word would be content, a deep sense of contentment. Can you have a deep sense of contentment when you are poor in spirit, knowing the kingdom of heaven is open to you? Because contentment comes regardless of what's happening around you. What kind of happiness is like good circumstances? Things are going good, you're happy. If things aren't going good, you're not happy. So this word really... Is inadequate, but but contentment. Have you experienced contentment and hardship? I think all of us have that in our testimony. So, what is blessed except to receive a blessing? And as Jesus is speaking to these Hebrew men and women up on the mountainside, that that Hebrew sense of barak blessing. And, and that, that word is powerful because, it, you know, it's, there's kind of a word picture in it because it, it means blessed, like just as God called Abraham says, I will bless you and through you the nations of the world will be blessed. That is richness. There's depth in that word, but there's also a word picture. Now, when I was in college, um, I had to do something very sacrificial. See, uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian family, and so much of my language was not very appropriate for the fine Baptist college that I was attending. But when I go to football games, it's like I would wear out my voice like it is right now because I'd be screaming and yelling, woo And eventually when you're screaming against the other team, some very inappropriate words for a ministerial student start slipping out. And I was like, okay, this isn't working. So when my friend Charlotte broke her leg, it presented a a unique opportunity. You see, Charlotte was the mascot. We were the cowboys. And so she's like, Stephen, you want to take over being mascot? I'm like, yeah, I think I do. Because when you go out on the field and you got this big costume on and this big giant head, well, one thing the mascot doesn't do is speak. So I can do a lot without saying anything, right? Well, one of the things that uh, the cheerleaders got excited about is, uh, it's like, oh, Stephen will do things that others, other people won't do. So they had the bright idea. It's like, let's get the mascot up on a pyramid. Y'all, what a bad idea. Well, first of all, they're out there in, in their cheerleader uniforms. What does a cowboy wear? 
I'm out there in Wrangler jeans, leather chaps, cowboy boots, which, by the way, I'd never owned a pair before, the mascot, and I knew, well, you can't be a cowboy and wear Reeboks, so I was like, okay, I got to get cowboy boots. I got my, my Wrangler Western shirt, my, my leather vest, and a big, giant fiberglass head with a cowboy hat. And they want to put me up on top of a pyramid. Well, one of the things that they did in the attempt, we never made it work, but in the attempt, so they would get down, but there would be two that would kind of get down low where I could step up on them, and then they could lift me. And this is the, the Hebrew concept of blessing. This bowing down, even the taking a knee, you make yourself low so that another person is elevated. And this is the very thing we see in the incarnation of Jesus. Jesus himself making himself low, taking a knee, pouring out his very nature of being God to lift up others, to bless very powerful image when you think of this when Jesus is saying blessed. Blessed by who? Blessed by your God. Jesus is taking the knee to lift these people up. So blessed or content are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. You know another way to look at these um, beatitudes is like what is the opposite? If you're not blessed or if you're not content if you're not content, what are you? How about this? Discontent. Discontent is the one who considers himself rich. For his is the kingdom of this world. This world that will burn up. This world that will pass into nothingness. This world that's temporary. What Jesus is calling his followers to is something eternal. He's calling them to, to store up in heaven treasure that will last. Like, we may find happiness in this world, even in richness, but not contentment. So we read from this, I think, even last week, Randall, right? 2 Corinthians 9, 8 9. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, he took a knee, so that through his poverty, we might become rich. That's good news. How about what James says in 2.5? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of this world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? So if we love him, we receive an inheritance. It's his promise. How about this? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It's different to think of it from the world's perspective. Discontent is the one who seeks happiness in this world, for they will find no comfort. They'll never be satisfied. They're always going to be wanting more. It's like this is the trap of materialism. You know, we, you know even as I was going out to pick up my friend Rahim out in uh, in. Wiley this morning, driving out towards Wiley and all these um, storage places that pop up. Oh, we've got to have warehouses for our garbage that we can't keep in our own house. Things we've got to hold on to. Things that give us happiness 
Well, not happy enough to keep it in our house. We're going to put it on storage. There's no contentment in that, not even comfort. Discontent is the one who seeks happiness in this world, for he will find no comfort. But in mourning, in sadness, in grief, we find comfort. And where does that comfort come from? Well, Paul gives us key to that. I was like, we read this in 2 Corinthians also. Uh, We started off the, uh, the Corinthians sermon series with this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort. Comfort doesn't come from this world. Comfort comes from being in the family of our Heavenly Father. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Our comfort isn't for enjoying this world. Our comfort is for enjoying God and enjoying the, the, the fellowship of one another. And so, how does God bless? Can, can, I, can I tell you it's through us? Just as that promise to Abraham, I will bless through you. We are God's people, his children. Anyone that believes in him and calls on his name, we earn the right to be called children of God. It's God's intent to bless through us. So we need each other. How can you be comforted if you're not with people who can give comfort? And there are many people. I will tell you, this is one of the things um, that was shared this weekend. It was really, uh, so one of the things we're promoting our Go Now missions at this retreat. And so there was a panel of three students that just got back from summer mission. And one of the students had gone to Houston, and one of the ministries they were working with internationals in Houston, and just going out into the community, they met this Iranian family who had been in Houston for 10 years, and get this, they were so alone, they had no connection to community, they'd been here for 10 years, working in a neighborhood, they were disconnected, they were alone that they were actually considering moving back to Iran, where they knew at least they had family and they had friends and they could have community. Can you imagine? And yet for so many people that that, that we don't see in our community, this is the very heart need and desire for connection, for, for fellowship, to be comforted in distress. Because I tell you what, this is a stressful place to live. It's stressful for us, isn't it? And so think about that. In our loneliness, there's sadness, there's mourning. And yet, what is the relief for that if it's not Christian fellowship? How about this? Blessed are the meek, the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. Not just that theirs is the kingdom of heaven, but here on earth, God works through gentleness. You know, there are some that feel like we've got to be aggressive with sharing the gospel. You know, we've got to be out there really pounding the streets. And, you know, not only that, the gospel is not just telling them, hey, God loves you, but the gospel is also, hey, this world's screwed up and you need help and you're doing things wrong and, and judgment's coming and all this. And it's like, and there's no gentleness in their gospel. 
and yet just inherit the earth. You know, God is drawing the nations to himself, and yes, he's using us, but he's also preparing people for the gospel. And I don't think it's a gospel of aggression that wins people up over. It's a gospel of gentleness, a gospel of love. We want to see, we want to inherit our city. We need to continue in this pattern of gentleness and trusting God to reveal to us those people he's prepared, those people that he's leading us to, those people who are ready. And for those who aren't ready, we still show gentleness because it may be that some of these people that aren't ready are the aggressors that we've got to work against. Work against. Oh, that sounds terrible, y'all. Are we working against people? Are we? Where's the love in that? This, this is hard work, this working through the gospel, <laughs> because we've really got to sit down and think through what our Lord is teaching us. This is counterintuitive. We inherit the world. We inherit the earth. We inherit our community. We inherit the place where we're at through gentleness. Because, you know, the world might say that you need to show aggression, dominance over others. But how about this? Discontent are those who assert aggression and dominance over others. They will not inherit the earth. It's not theirs to inherit. It's ours to inherit. We are joint heirs in Christ. What is his becomes ours. He gives us stewardship. Psalm 37, 11 says, But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. And our prosperity is not material things. Our prosperity is in relationships. As God draws people and expands his heavenly family through us, that's the prosperity I think he's really talking about. How about this, Jesus speaking of gentleness? Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus didn't come to show aggression and dominance, but gentleness. Even that the sign of who he was, the sign of him being God's anointed, Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Even in his triumphal entry, there's humbleness, there's gentleness, there's humility. How about this? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And you know, I think for Christians, this is a point of tension because we see so much wrong. We see so much wickedness in our culture. We see so much twisting of the mind and what is truth is called a lie and what is called a lie is exalted and celebrated and calls for tolerance and diversity. But you know what? Our response to that is not aggression and dominance but gentleness, because it's his good news through us. But to, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, that doesn't mean that we aren't grieved, that we aren't stirred when we see unrighteous things happening in our culture. 
We've got to hunger and thirst for righteousness among our people. We've got to intervene, but again, going back to the previous blessing, it's not through aggression and dominance. It's not for who can be loudest. It's not who can call curses on this wickedness, but it's on those who can proclaim God's blessing. Discontent are those who are ravenous and crave advantage and gain over others, for they will be empty. But if we desire God's righteousness, we filled. And think about this. I love this. One of my favorite stories is Jesus, you know, t- teaching his disciples about how the kingdom of heaven works. And he teaches it on this principle. It's like, when I was hungry and you gave me something to eat, I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink, I was a stranger and you invited me in. People are hungry and thirsty for something. Can we not give the good things? How about this? Blessed are the merciful. They be shown mercy. You know, this, this, was, uh, this is hard for uh, religious leaders because we've got to find this balance of truth and love. And at the center of that is, is, is the need to always show mercy towards those, even those who fail. It's like, where are you at? You need mercy because you've experienced some kind of failure, whether it's moral failing or financial failing, relationship failing, that there's great shame in these things. We need mercy. We need people to show us understanding. And what Jesus' criticism of the religious leaders of his day is, he tells them, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I've come not to call the righteous, but sinners. I've called, I'm calling myself people who have offended me. I show mercy. How about Paul's testimony? For that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience. Oh, that's a hard word, y'all, patience. We have to display patience as Jesus did. Jesus displays his patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Wow. Wow. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Discontent are those with darkness in their hearts, for they will be blind to God. I love this out of the Psalms. Psalm 24, 3 and 4. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Surely not the one that needs mercy. The one who has a clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. Blessed are the pure in heart. God calls us out of failure into a place where we are seeking him and him alone. And our purity of heart comes through him. It's not anything we can do. But when we experience the goodness of God, we are constrained, we are compelled. It's his right to expect of his children that we would pursue the things that he pursues, that we would be holy, that we'd be set apart just as he is. And David understood that. Psalm 51.10. He's after his most incredible, horrible failings. He writes Psalm 51. 
And he, his prayer, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. The Gospel of John opens with this. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, the name of Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. And then when we become his children, we take on his agenda, and his agenda is peace for our world. Shalom, peace, wholeness, fulfillment that we only find in God. If any home is deserving of this blessing, let your peace rest on it. If not, your peace returns to it. That was Jesus sending out his disciples two by two, looking for men and women of peace. That's a mission, y'all. And we have men and women of peace that don't know God, and yet they are seeking it. And so as we go out into our community looking, we become peacemakers as we look for people God has prepared to receive this gospel of peace. And if they're not open to it, we keep seeking. How about this? We don't experience it much here, but I tell you what, we've had brothers and sisters all over the world that are. I just attended a conference this weekend where um, one of the countries of some of the greatest persecution is seeing a tremendous explosion of the church. They are facing hardship. You know, one of the testimonies, too, I'll tell you how hard it is for the Christian community. It's like, you know, to be arrested as a pastor is, is pretty commonplace. But one of the things that they do to protect people in the church, and particularly their leaders, is they don't baptize people in the country. Baptism has when, happens when somebody demonstrates their seriousness in following the ways of Jesus. And they take them out of the country, and they have somebody outside the country baptize them so that when that person's question, who baptized you, some foreigner, it doesn't fall back to a local believer that's going to be thrown in jail. Well, we've got it pretty easy. I mean, voila, it's in our building, you know. It's like, in, and, and I think Pastor Randall would even tell us, I think what we have is underutilized, right? We would like to see this thing full all the time. Can you imagine having to get an airline ticket out of the country to go get baptized? How serious do you have to be about following Jesus? That's serious. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Again, back to where Jesus started with those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who are persecuted because of righteousness, because yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and say false things about you, all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice, Christian. Rejoice, follower of Jesus, and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way. They've always persecuted those that God's called out. He's, they've always persecuted those who are truth bearers. This is not new in the world. Jesus told his disciples, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. If you belong to this world, it would love you as its own. 
As it is, you do not belong to this world, but I have chosen you out of the world. You are chosen out of the world. Where's our kingdom? Where's our citizenship? It's in the kingdom. What is our inheritance? Blessed are you who are poor in spirits, because what? Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you're persecuted and people speak evil against you. And you know what? Okay, we don't face life and death persecution, but do you experience people speaking evil against you? Yes! This is our country now. I'm not sure I call it persecution yet, but Jesus included it in his list. It's not easy. It's hard. I mean, who are we if, if it's not our character and our reputation and when people speak evil against us and curse us because we belong to him? It's okay. He's chosen us out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant isn't greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. There are people who are ready to hear about Jesus and to follow his ways. These blessings are a progression of challenges and hardships. Remember, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than ours. The first is last. The last is first. The greatest among us is the servant of all. These are kingdom upside-down principles, and Jesus has laid this framework for us. And he calls us to an action. He calls us to obedience. These are hard things. So I want to invite you. This is what I invite you to this morning. First of all, in these beatitudes, these blessings, is our testimony. Your testimony is not just your salvation story. Look at this list today and ask yourself, how has God blessed me? And how will I share about this blessing with somebody this week? Who needs to hear the blessing of my story and how I've experienced God's blessing knowing mine is the kingdom of heaven, knowing that he is near, knowing that um, he comforts, knowing that he gives strength, knowing that when I'm abused, he's there, stands with me, knowing that when I've experienced failure, that he gives mercy. That's a story we need to tell. And I would challenge you in this too, is there somebody who needs one of these things? Somebody that's poor in spirit, that needs to know they're included in God's kingdom. Somebody that needs comfort. Somebody that's experienced abuse. Somebody that's seeking. They're pure in heart. They're seeking. They're hunger and thirst. They're thirsty. If there's somebody, will you come forward this morning just to pray for that person? Because I would say in, in coming forward, maybe this is an opportunity for you to set in motion something that needs to happen this week for you to be a blessing. So we'll have some of our, our church members come forward, just like you and me. They're going to be up here up front to pray with you. Let's pray for those who need to know the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God's heart is good, and he wants to bless. Come forward.